you're never completely ready to adopt a teen. For late nights writing English papers. For your teen's music taste. For dinners, where they talk more on their phone than with you. For the first time, they call you mom. You're never completely ready to adopt a teen, and you can't imagine the reward. To learn more about adopting a teen, visit AdoptUSKids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids, and the Ad Council. Big media believes you should be told what to think. We disagree. This is American Viewpoints with Mike Ferguson. Eh, trillion here, trillion there. After a while, this might add up to a decent amount of money, right? Yeah. I'm Mike Ferguson. Thanks for staying with us on American Viewpoints. Uh, Did you get your stimulus payment yet? Talking about the third stimulus payment. Well, that's all part of the spending that's being done in the name of saving our economy. Is it saving our economy or is there a better way to do it? I'm joined now by Pete Sepp. He is the president of the National Taxpayers Union. And Pete, good to talk to you. And man, a lot of people really like getting that $1,400, whether we actually need it or whether we don't need it. We feel that impact, but it's really hard to say we feel the impact of all the debt that comes with these decisions right now. Yeah, and unfortunately, we all have to realize that any debt the federal government incurs now is really just a deferred tax increase on some future class of taxpayers. It means that down the line, someone's going to have to pay this money back, assuming you don't believe in the modern monetary theory where debts and deficits don't matter. Tell that to the folks in Greece or any of the other countries that have experienced economic downturns from overborrowing and overtaxing. I think that We are headed in that direction, and we need to be very careful about the consequences that are going to await us, not decades from now, but a few years from now. We need to worry about the fact, for example, that Medicare's Hospital Insurance Trust Fund, Part A, on which a lot of people depend, is going bankrupt in the year 2024. That's three years from now. Social Security's trust fund going bankrupt in 2035, a little more than a decade from now. None of the plans that President Biden has put forward so far for spending trillions of dollars more on top of the package that just passed would address those problems and their funding shortfalls at all. We're talking about lots more new money into new programs, even as old programs that Americans have depended upon for years are headed toward the cliff. I think it's interesting how you say it's basically a trade-off for future tax increases, because I know a lot of people don't feel that. We've heard the term kicking the can down the road, and I think a lot of people have just come to the conclusion that all of this is just numbers on a spreadsheet and it's not real money and we haven't felt the pinch of it yet. So yeah, we're probably not going to. Why would we suddenly feel it now when we haven't felt it since all this crazy spending started decades ago? Yeah. And I think one of the problems is recognizing that when a politician says we're going to spend this money up front and no worries, it's cheap to borrow right now, interest rates are really low for the federal government, so now's the time to do it. Well, many of the things for which President Biden wants to borrow money going forward, infrastructure, 
subsidizing new industries, bringing more green policies to America, those programs are going to take place over quite a number of years, even if Congress grants him his wish for an additional $3 trillion in spending. That's not all going to happen in a year or two. It's going to happen over four, seven, 10 years. It could be a very different picture to the point where we are paying over a trillion dollars a year just to service the national debt. That's not just me talking. That's the Congressional Budget Office saying we need to be careful about how we're going to be able to afford just the interest on all of this debt a few years from now. We're visiting with Pete Sepp, the president of the National Taxpayer Union. And Pete, as you just alluded to, the debate is over. Is this what's going to bring the economy back to life? And I think a lot of times when people hear the economy, they think of numbers and charts and things like that. But what we're talking about is people being able to go to work, earn a living and buy stuff so other people can go to work and earn a living. Is there a better way to stimulate the economy, at least to try to get it back to where it was before government started shutting down industries and businesses when uh, coronavirus hit the scene? Yeah, it's absolutely vital that we provide relief for Americans who need it. It has to be temporary and targeted, but even these large stimulus payments make some sense. What doesn't make a lot of sense is the add-ons to so many of these packages. $350 billion in aid to states and localities in the last piece of legislation when states did not have a terrible year in 2020 for their own revenues and probably won't have a disaster of a year in 2021. We need to start thinking about providing certainty to the small businesses and the larger employers who've been hit bad uh, over the COVID pandemic. And that means making sure that a lot of the tax cuts that were enacted in 2017 are continued. It means providing property tax relief to so many small businesses who were still paying tax bills as if times were good right in the middle of the pandemic when they couldn't even open. We need to help not only employees, but employers so that we have a balanced economic recovery. Some infrastructure spending may be a part of that too, but it's got to be smart spending, encouraging more private investment with some public dollars in the mix. Otherwise, if it's all just a bunch of giveaways, we're going to have a whole lot of debt with very little to show for it. Pete, you're talking about maintaining the tax cuts that were recently put into place, but yet in Washington, D.C., we're hearing about tax increases, but we're told it's only going to be levied on big businesses and on the wealthy, so most people won't even feel it at all. What do you make of those proposals and those claims? Well, unfortunately, uh, even liberal think tanks are saying those claims are bunk. Uh, take a look at the Brookings Institution and the Tax Policy Center, who are saying that even parts of the corporation income tax are borne by workers in the form of reduced wages or employment opportunities. They put it at a relatively small percentage, but others, such as the Congressional Budget Office and think tanks on our side of the fence, say 50% 
or more of the corporate income tax is borne by people other than the big businesses against which it is levied. And so raise those rates and you're going to hurt the little guy down the line. Same with so many of these other proposals to hit the so-called wealthy. They are right now and have been shouldering a large portion of the federal income tax burden. They'll continue to do so if we have smart tax policy. A good tax policy, as we enacted in 2017, is actually a treasury's best friend. Economic growth that these kinds of tax policies can produce will generate more revenue over the long run than these very short-sighted tax rate increases. All right, Pete, uh, give me the elevator pitch answer to this in the last 30 seconds or so we've got. That's a little more conceptual of a question, is when times are difficult, like they have been for a lot of people around the country, what's the proper role of government, particularly federal government, when it comes to private sector jobs or when it comes to economic growth? What should the government be involved in? And maybe very quickly, what should the government stay out of and let the market take care of? The federal government's job is to help businesses and their employees get back on their feet with targeted temporary relief. And once they are back on their feet, get out of the way so people and the businesses they support can move forward. That means light touch regulation. That means targeted aid. That means providing a certain tax climate that businesses and individuals can count on as they move forward so they can be confident that they'll have the freedom to earn money and keep what they earn. All right. Now, where do we find your writings on this and your research? Because you've done a lot on it. They can go online at NTU, our initials for National Taxpayers Union, NTU.org. Check out especially our most recent myths about the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act of 2017. All right, Pete. Good talk to you again. Thank you so much for being on the show. Always great to be here. Well, just ahead, hiring someone isn't as simple as just agreeing on a scope of work and pay and flexibility. Well, at least it may not be that simple if Congress changes the law the way California did when it comes to some businesses. Should we get ready to say goodbye to Uber and Lyft services? Find out why that and other gig work is up for debate and what it could mean to you. That's just ahead right here on American Viewpoints. Getting a flu shot helps us stay healthy so we don't miss out on what matters. Like that family movie night your daughter can't live without. <coughs> yeah, can't do that. Every year, millions of people in the U.S. get the flu. Especially now, no one has time to miss out on moments that matter. So get your flu shot. Find out more at getmyfluShot.org. Brought to you by the AMA, CDC, and the Ad Council. 